We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Why is almost everything we look at these days, whether advertising, TV shows, schools, books, sewing transgender characters and transgender plot lines and so on, how do Christians respond? We have a real expert in the best sense of an expert with us today, Sarah Partial Perry. She's a senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation. She managed education reform initiatives prior to this at the Family Research Council. She's got so many other things in her resume, we don't have time to even touch on it. But she has a law degree from the University of Virginia. She's appeared on many TV and other outlets nationally, internationally, and has written extensively on the transgender and LGBTQ plus pride craze affecting our rising generations. That's the topic we're talking about today. And by the way, very importantly, Sarah's a wife and mother of three children. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Sarah, you say that the transgender ideology has been pushed on average Americans by political, academic, and corporate elites for years. Uh, But then there was a real uptick after President Biden got inaugurated. So just briefly, give us a real uh, little background on this history that they've been pushing on us for a long time. Well, I think a lot of it can be traced to President Joe Biden, who on the first day of his presidency signed an executive order that directed all of his federal agencies to interpret the term sex to include gender identity. Now, that means from the top down in the United States, from everyone from Department of Health and Human Services officials to Department of education to Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development, all of them were issuing edicts and they were issuing new federal rules that utilize this gender identity foundation for all federal law. That prevented a lot of Americans from being able to act in accordance with their sincerely held religious beliefs. And it is responsible for this sort of precipitous expansion of gender rights and gender, what I like to call transgender contagion across the country. Yeah. You know, you just penned an article, and one one thing I like about your articles, they're concise. This article was only a page long, but has so much in it. It was called Pride Comes Before the Fall, and you were talking about what I think a lot of our listeners have heard something about, where Target Stores has been showcasing transgender clothes for little children, and right before that, Bud Light 
got a lot of publicity for featuring a transgender character on their beer. So in response to this, as you know, there's been these consumer boycotts and drop in stock price. But we heard a pastor recently, not our pastor, but a pastor who has a lot of followers on his uh, um, various broadcasts, saying that companies really don't care about these boycotts because what really drives this are the investment firms like BlackRock and Vanguard that are pushing this agenda and they presumably affect the stock price of these companies. Anyway, he said companies don't care about these boycotts. I'm differing with that somewhat. I I think as someone that has worked for several big corporations, I think they actually do care even about short-term effects on revenue and stock price. But what... What's your what's your view on this? Well, he said that they don't care because they are willing to sacrifice short-term losses for long-term cultural gains. Yeah, that's what that's what he said. Yeah, and I have to tell you I think that um I think it is a little bit missing the mark. The environmental social governance movement, what people call the ESG movement, is in large part directed uh, toward these particular social causes that have to do with very progressive ideals, including gender identity. So, yes, while most of the assets are managed globally by organizations like BlackRock and Vanguard, it is very possible to put a hurt on these corporations by exercising one's consumer fiscal muscle. And, in fact, we've seen this now not only with Target and Bud Light, but we've also seen it with Coles, which was the subject of another boycott in total. The three of them in one month alone have lost $28 billion, that's billion with a B, right. in market value. So this is really a way to exercise one's muscle and to make your voice heard. It is a sort of a form of being able to secondarily vote. You vote in the ballot box, and you vote with your consumer dollars, it's clearly having an impact. And it is going to hurt them. And if BlackRock, even you know, the biggest investment firm in the world, that held, you know, they're worth $3 trillion or some amazing amount, if they lost 10% of their investors, wouldn't that just really hurt them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're we're seeing that now. In fact, the stories began to break originally in the Southern Target stores where the outrage was so big in the physical stores and against management there that the pride merchandise was pushed away from the front of the store into the back of the store. So it had sort of a trickling up effect, which is what I like to call it. And we've seen very significant outcomes. We've also seen other individuals, other franchisees, corporations begin to move their merchandise, take down some of the banners, some of the balloons, some of the signs. A colleague just told me that uh, Orange Theory, where she works out, has sort of downgraded its pride from last year, has pulled some of its signage. These are ways to exercise your muscle. It's going to hurt regardless of whether or not their assets are controlled by a bigger corporation. Totally agree. I sometimes watch CNBC, which is as mainstream as you can get, and they are extremely focused when they interview companies on what are you going to do this quarter? What's your outlook? Are you going to exceed this quarter? So they aren't just, and, and now I'm thankful they aren't. They can't just be, even if they have some long-term nefarious agenda, if they ignore their relatively shorter-term revenues and customers and so on, um, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. But I'm glad you. I'm glad to hear that you tend to agree that we need to vote with our dollars. Yes, and 
Target is the closest store to our home, but I'm not going there anymore. I I will not go there anymore. And the uh, people we talk to within our circles, and of course we do tend to have friends that are more aligned with our values, but everybody says the same thing. I'm just not going. They don't say for right now I'm not going to Target. They say I'm not going to Target anymore. So, And I wrote to the CEO and told him why, too. So, you know, that helps, too. Uh, you're not just losing customers because you have bad service or something. No, it's because you're getting way too involved in politics and pushing this ideology on us. So I I also want to talk about um, transgender surgeries and hormone treatments. They're becoming a big industry. Not so much in Europe. They're closing them down over there, according to the Wall Street Journal. But they're really being pushed here. And yes, Pfizer is a big part of this. Big Pharma, they they want to get customers for life, get the kids on these drugs and dependent on the medical system and the, the, the drugs that they're handing out at Planned Parenthood. And so they're really profiting. And, yes, there, we saw a uh, an interview with Jennifer Bilek. She did a deep dive into it, where it's all coming from. And it it is coming from these elites, these very wealthy people like Jennifer Pritzker and others that are investing in these surgery clinics and profiting on the misery of young people. So do you have a comment on that? I mean, you know, I have to say when we're seeing corporations like Planned Parenthood give out cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers, it's directly in keeping with the hard left agenda. Its goal is ultimately to sexualize children and to open the door to greater and greater deviancies. We've seen this. The Pandora's box is open. Many of us were saying back in 2015 with Obergefell versus Hodges, that was the decision from the Supreme Court that constitutionalized same-sex marriage from that to Bostock versus Clayton County, expanding within employment discrimination context, discrimination to include sex and gender identity to where we are now with the heads of government agencies pushing this on minor children. We know that the schools are in partnership with many of the teachers unions who are pushing these kinds of initiatives and school health care clinics are providing not only access to abortifacients, but also to cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. This is big money. And in fact, we know for a fact that Pfizer Pharmaceutical is working with the Human Rights Campaign, the pro-LGBTQ group, to actually develop a corporate what's called equity index. How accepting, how diversified are you of the pro-LGBTQIA agenda? Well, naturally, Pfizer has a stake in the game because Pfizer makes many of the cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers that are at stake. This is a big money enterprise. It never surprises me when we see organizations trying to get their piece of the pie. Yeah, it's just uh, one of your articles you wrote, you said something like, surprise, surprise, Pfizer, because we got well acquainted with them during all this vac stuff which we don't have time to circle back to but it's that what a company of course they're not the only one but they they seem to be in the middle of all this bad yeah, the stuff. same people that brought you the forced experimental injections are bringing you and the cover and wanted to cover destruction up their, of children wanted to cover up their data for 75 years but uh, another um i don't know if this was in the same article or a different article but you wrote sarah Transgender ideology undermines what is good 
true and beautiful about each of us. It confuses children about their identities and pushes them to permanently harm their bodies, making them more depressed and suicidal in the process. And this is what I want to make people aware of, because a lot of times, isn't it, these things are sold as like, these, these children, uh, if, if they can't express their, quote, true gender, they're going to commit suicide. Well, one other comment, Dr. Peter McCullough, who we follow, who's a very respected doctor, um, he recent, recently said on Twitter that 89% of patients that take opposite gender hormones experience serious side effects and sex change operations he just called a complete medical disaster. So I think you um, would tend to agree with this, would you not? Yeah, absolutely I would. Listen, we know that these come with complications. They always have. And if they didn't, we wouldn't see Finland, Norway, and the U.K. backing off their initial fast-track access to these types of medications. The level of complications when we use drugs like Lupron, which is used as a chemical castration for rape offenders on minor children. We are absolutely going to see the effects of this that go on for not only, but for generations to come. Many of these individuals will be sterile going forward. This flies in the face of God's design for our order as an American family and our reality as created in his image biologically male and female, about which he is very, very clear. Well, and it just makes sense that if you give the opposite hormones to in either boys or girls, you're going to get terrible side effects like heart disease, and we this is all documented, osteoporosis at a very young age, cancer. Why are they destroying themselves like this? It's, it, doctors like Dr. McCullough just are speaking out against it and showing the studies that show that they have these side effects. So there's there's no it doesn't seem like there's any upside to me. I mean when Kathleen, just, when you Kathleen were I remember when you were working as a nurse in that one doctor's office when we were living up in the Seattle area, your practice stopped giving estrogen to women. Now of course this is yeah. same same sex hormone, but stopped giving estrogen to women because there were too many complicating side effects. Well, what happens when you give testosterone for the rest of one's life to a biological yeah, it's bad woman? Enough to do the same sex hormones and right. that causes cancer, heart attacks and strokes. And then to the, to give the opposite hormones? Wow. Um, but it doesn't make them less suicidal either, does it? No, Jim? in fact, we have data. Uh, we have data here that have been really um, surprising in their revelations that there is no increase in mental health or a prevention of suicidality as these individuals go on cross-sex hormones. And in fact, for many of them with underlying mental health conditions that may not be diagnosed and may in fact be presenting as what this minor child feels is their gender dysphoria. But they're of course being fast-tracked into these particular transitions. So we don't have an opportunity to engage in a fulsome analysis of whether or not it's taking place. These individuals actually are at an increased risk of suicide because in many cases we are aggravating and initiating underlying mental health conditions like schizophrenia, like uh, 
bipolar disorder, like major depressive disorder, and in fact, as many as 30% of young girls presenting to gender identity clinics may be undiagnosed and on the autism spectrum. 30% of these young women, which is really a jaw-dropping number. So that shows that there's a link between transgender dysphoria and autism, which is another epidemic in our country with, with young people, and that has a direct link with vaccines and other drugs that are being given and toxins. So uh, the, our, our health officials are lying to us. Our government is just blatantly distorting this this whole problem and causing it, in my opinion. But so the other question is that most children that are experiencing a lot of this dysphoria usually grow out of it anyway. Of course, what what teenager is not uncomfortable with their bodies a little bit when they're going through the puberty? So most of them would change to feel normal at age 18 or above anyway, just without any intervention. Isn't that true? Well, there are statistics that indicate between uh, 75% on the low end and 90% of the high end are ultimately comfortable in their birth gender once they achieve uh, the age of majority or 18 years old. Once that sort of hormonal swing of uh, puberty and prepubertal adolescence, which of course all of us have recognized as being similarly discomforting when we were the exact same age, it does uh, resolve itself. And in fact, the numbers are quite likely higher, but we are bound in large part by the political persuasions of many of the journals themselves that have been keeping track of data like this. We are swimming against the tide on very limited studies, studies that are not longitudinal, studies that are not lifelong, but we know at a bare minimum, 70% feel comfortable, 75% feel comfortable in their gender identity, and as many as 90% do, with, we believe, the numbers being even higher. Well, and they get all this social influence that causes them to question, and that that's a big cause of it, of the young people. And so that leads into a very disturbing question as well, and that is that when you're allowed, when young people are allowed to make these huge decisions on whether to change their gender or not or what their gender is it leads into these this idea of um being of lowering the age of consent that maybe they can decide to have sex with adults which is you know having sex with pedophiles i mean it's all tied in with pedophilia as well And so talk briefly about that, and then we want to get to what we can do about it in the time remaining. So we're seeing uh, state legislators institute and introduce language on particular bills that are going to make it easier and easier to define sexual orientation and gender identity within notions that here to four have been deemed unconscionable by everyone in uh, ordinary, polite society. What we're doing is we're advancing fetishism, and it's coming through the state houses in each one of the states in America. I give you, for example, 
Um, Lee Fink, a transgender legislator, this is a biological man presenting as a woman, who in uh, Minnesota eliminated language in a bill, in an amendment, that would have explicitly removed pedophilia from the provision on their human rights law that describes sexual orientation protections. It explicitly excluded pedophilia. Now, he removed that, meaning that pedophilia now, by inference, is included in that block of protected sexual orientations. The representation that his staff made was that this is just eliminating duplicate language. Well, my attitude is, why are you bothering about duplicate language? Wouldn't you want to make sure that pedophilia is not protected? For some reason, this trans legislator believed that it needed to be taken out. We saw in the Colorado State Senate, 27 Democrats argue against a felony charge for indecent exposure to a minor. Why? Because they believed it unfairly targeted the drag and trans community. Many people have written on the fact that the sexualization of children, introducing them to sexual notions as early as grade school in kindergarten, through drag queen story hours, through LGBTQIA pride events, through instruction on things including um, particular sexual preferences, and what we've seen as explicit homosexual porn in American school libraries. All of this is in driving, it's a driving attempt to be able to sexualize minors and ultimately to make these vile fetishes accessible, honored, and protected. And that's why it is so critical to speak up. Yes, totally agree, endorse that. Go to your local school board meetings. I want to ask you, I just want to illustrate one other thing that you mentioned too because in your one of your articles on transgenderism you say the trans virus is mutating i think that's a good term the trans virus they always butcher the language when they talk about pedophilia for example as minor attracted persons but you're you have a good term here that's very accurate trans virus you say Trans advocacy has fast become the harbinger for other disorders, and you mentioned, and I've heard this before, body integrity disorder, a condition in which a person identifies as handicapped, so they actually seek amputation or blindness or a snipped spinal cord. This is hard to believe, but the forces of darkness are really making people, some people, insane, aren't they? Yeah, again, this all goes to having opened the Pandora's box and the push from the left so hard on the notion of gender identity and transgender rights. And I'm using air quotes here. The reason that they push so hard is so that they can ultimately eliminate what we used to see as the guardrails of morality. The understanding that marriage should be a man and a woman together for a lifetime. The notion that Male and women are, men and women are created perfectly. Once we mess with God's ordered design, we can essentially anticipate that any notion of perversion is going to be on the table and in the offing. This reminds me very much 
of Sodom and Gomorrah. Every day I learn a new fact. I receive information about a new um, sort of deformity that's jumped from this sexualized culture that we're seeing from the left. My singular hope is that the statistics that we see right now indicate that while they may not be saying it out loud, people largely disagree with what they're seeing from the Biden administration, including, among other things, 69% of Americans believe that biological men and women should be separated in sports and that people should compete according to biological sex, number one. And number two, Social conservatism is at the highest rate since 2012 when Obama was president. My my deep, deep hope is that the administration and the forces of darkness have overplayed their hand and there's going to be a reckoning in 2024. Let's hope that's true and we can pray for that. And what else can Christians do really quickly? Uh, get involved in their communities, right? And protect children by taking their children out of public schools what we advocate what else can they do can you think of anything if you don't if you don't have an option to take your kids out of public school and my children have an IEP and a 504 so i've been bound in large part to my public schools because i have needed those particular federally funded services run for school board put together a parents coalition develop an educational pod we saw these coming up during the covid pandemic where parents got together and provided their own instruction on things like family and sexuality and reproduction so that the children were not simply exposed to one single identity and more than that get on your knees and pray because we know our god is one that hears yes and that is the answer to so many things and the the revival that we need in our country we pray for that all the time we work for it we pray for it sarah thank you for being with us i hope you can come back again thanks so much to bless your neighbor pray for our children to be protected from the abuse of the transgender craze strongly consider pulling your children out of the public schools form parents coalitions just Pray for this, the end of this terrible craze and for the protection of children. Till next week. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the Biblical Citizen.